Hello everyone, I am Anwar Wanomran from It Pays to Fear God. In this channel, we learn about God, His beloved Son, Jesus Christ, and their kingdom purpose, the three most important subjects that we can ever learn about, talk about, or discuss in the entire Bible, according to John chapter 17, verse 3. The subject for today is God's call to heaven. But let's first hear a tune that some of us might enjoy. Once again, the subject for today is captioned, God's call to heaven. There are various places in the Bible that discuss that concept of people going to heaven. For example, in John chapter 14, from verses 1 to 3, Jesus Christ had told his disciples, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, in verses 16 and 17, St. Paul also stated, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. This video is going to examine it. And a few facts about it. First of all, I'm going to talk about why the concept of going to heaven was even set up. The reason why the Bible has even mentioned or bothered to explain it in the first place. Then I'm going to talk about who qualifies for it and what's peculiar in them that would make them suit for that purpose. And then I'm going to talk about how we can be content with God's choices concerning that. And then I'm going to conclude. This question is very important because we have to understand the fact that going to heaven wasn't really a concept God had in mind at the beginning. If read Psalms chapter 115 verse 15, David the psalmist had stated, The heavens, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. That was what he wanted. He wanted a situation where the children of men, who are generally humans in this world, will live here, while the spirits, like Jesus Christ, the angels, will live in heaven. And that was how he wanted it to remain, permanently. However, let me give you a background on why that all had to change. In Genesis chapter 3, from verses 1 to 6, Satan influenced humanity so that Adam and Eve sinned. And we have to remember, spiritually speaking, Adam was kind of like the everlasting father. Because if not for that sin, he would have given birth to children who would have done the right thing and lived forever and stuff like that. And he would have been seen in that light. However, because he sinned, 
God wanted to set up a new family that would not see or know iniquity. All of Adam's children knew iniquity and fell into that. If read Genesis chapter 6 verse 5, their hearts being evil continually. But God wanted to set up a family that would have hearts that were righteous continually. And if we read the New Testament, we see that Jesus Christ was ultimately the everlasting father or the beginning of that family. And he was even called so in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. And the reference was made in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 45 that Adam was the first Adam made as a man, but Jesus Christ would live as a quickening spirit because he was the last Adam, the one that would really do what Adam in the Garden of Eden was supposed to. Jesus Christ is the Father, and he is ultimately going to raise the children in this world, who are the true Jews, if read Romans chapter 2, in verses 28 and 29, who will take part in the new covenant, Jeremiah chapter 31, from verses 31 to 33. This new covenant is a situation where people will voluntarily come and worship God because they've got a spiritually fertile heart to do so. But there's one section left out of it. Who are the wives of Jesus Christ who are going to assist in raising those spiritual kids? Well, of course, those are the saints. And in order to understand why they have to go to heaven specifically, we have to learn more about what they're going to do. The saints, like I've said, are the wives of Jesus Christ. If we read Revelation chapter 19, from verses 6 to 8, and chapter 21, verse 9, we can see those kinds of inferences. They're the wives of Jesus Christ. And ultimately, they help Jesus in raising us up. What does it mean to raise us up? Spiritual experiences that help build our faith. If we read James chapter 1, from verses 2 to 4, they bring it to us so that they can refine us in the end. Zechariah chapter 13, verse 9. They kind of champion that process. Because if you look at what wives have to their husbands, it's that same idea. They raise the kids, if that's how they generally live their lives, so that they can generally represent what the father would have wanted them for in the beginning. And the Levites in the Old Testament would kind of play this same role. Now, just like how God never intended people to go to heaven, God never really wanted a situation where there would be people who would supervise the other 11 tribes of Israel. God wanted a situation where they would be obedient, they would go to Canaan nicely, without any kind of harm or disruption, and they would just live there eternally in peace and happiness, no war, no standing army, no priesthood, no kind of all that stuff. Because ultimately, that, that was extra work that, if not for their disobedience, wouldn't really have been necessary. However, because of what happened in Exodus chapter 32 with the whole making new gods, defiling themselves, and other stuff in that direction that they did throughout the course of their time in the wilderness and elsewhere, God clearly needed a, a, a tribe who would sort of support and supervise the other 11 tribes, the priesthood and the, burnt, the offering of burnt offerings and stuff to make sure that things were kept in order the way God wanted it. They were chosen, of course, because in Exodus chapter 32, they didn't participate in the idolatry that the other 11 tribes had done. And that was what their role was. And to reiterate, the saints have that same kind of role just in their spiritual form. And because of that, they have been referred to as the first fruits. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. If we read that 
James chapter 1, verse 18. And if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 23, the same idea was discussed there. But everyone in his order, Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ's at his coming. It's important we get this understood because it's only when we understand their role, what they're supposed to be doing in heaven and stuff, being judges, if we Luke chapter 22 from verses 28 to 30, and the other details that go with that, that we can then understand why they have to go to heaven. They're going to heaven because they cannot do all those roles in this earth. They can't be judges, mothers who kind of supervise the rest of God's children in this world if they're here when they're wicked people who can persecute them and stuff like that. And not only that, they need to have power to do those things. They have to go to heaven to receive that kind of authority and power that would allow them to supervise those things. If we look at various places in the New and even Old Testament, we kind of see what they have to go through and ultimately what their heart condition is. If we read Revelation chapter 14 verse 4, it sheds some light on this matter. These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which followed the Lamb, or whithersoever he goeth. They, these were redeemed from among men, being the firstfruits unto God and to the Lamb. If you also read Revelation chapter 3 verse 4 and even chapter 5 verse 9, it gives further descriptions on who the saints are. They're clean and pure hearts. And those clean and pure hearts are tested in this world to prove that they love not their lives unto the death. If we read Revelation chapter 12 verse 11. That's why in Romans chapter 8 verse 30, they were considered people who would be justified and glorified and stuff like that. And in that Isaiah chapter 52 verse 7, Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, had in an inspiring way given us an insight on what the saints are going to be doing in this world, specifically being spreading the gospel message and stuff like that. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation. That saith unto Zion, thy God reigneth. And then ultimately, they act as witnesses. If we read Revelation chapter 11, verse 3. And once again, we can go back to the Levites because we can clearly see that the Levites were just like them. They had that kind of special role because they did not join the other tribes and having that kind of idolatry. So just as how they were spiritually fertile, the saints are the same. But one thing I need to cover here is that some of us might think that the saints are now these supernatural beings that are so special, which is why God is choosing them. But really, if you look at the 12 disciples, the saints were really just normal people. They were and are normal people. It's just that they're spiritually fertile. It's not that they're going to be rich people in this world. It's not that they're all going to be poor people in this world. Not those kinds of physical standards. The Levites, remember, were not these re this really special tribe. They were just one of the 12 tribes, one of the normal tribes. It's just that they were spiritually fertile and God saw that he could use that to guide the other 11 tribes to be holy before him. And we have to see the saints in that light. And they were referred to as Levites for such purposes. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 21. For example, if we read Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, Jesus Christ had told us, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. We also see this in Psalm chapter 37, verse 11. 
God has invested a lot in glorifying his children in this world. The fact that he will beautify the meek with salvation. If reads Psalms chapter 149 verse 4. He's doing a lot to make sure that the kingdom of God is fully established in this world. He's doing that ultimately so that his children can have a perfect world to live in. If read Isaiah chapter 65 from verses 17 to 25. Chapter 11 from verses 6 to 9. And Revelation chapter 21 from verses 1 to 5. So that the righteous ones of God can live in peace and feel grateful and happy for everything ever coming to worship God in the first place. Many people in this world want to impose what they want on God. Everybody wants to go to heaven, so they tell God that they want to go to heaven because they saw a few places in the Bible that look like it, and they want to join in that group. But we cannot impose what we want on God. Because we shouldn't be like the rest of humanity, who is never content with what they have. They have this uncontrolled sense of ambition to continuously be looking at what other things in humanity are doing, and they want to copy that. They want to gain that. They're never content. God's organization does not follow such principles. God organizes his plan so that there is authority, the hierarchy of obedience, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. And we have to be content accepting such principles. We have to be like St. Paul, who said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Why should it be like this? But godliness with contentment is great gain. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. And if you read that Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, the author of Hebrews had also stated, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye hath. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. And examples in the Old Testament kind of give us a better understanding of how this works. For example, in Samuel chapter 23, in verses 16 and 17, Jonathan showed contentment towards God's will generally. He understood the fact that even though he was the son of the current king, King Saul, he was not going to be king. He knew God's will was that David was going to take that place. People in this world would have wanted to argue. I mean, come on, I'm the son of the king, so I mean... I should ultimately be able to have the kingship rightfully, legally. God should have no issue with that. But he was content with not having such leadership and authority, which is why he told David, you are going to be king, and I, though being the son of a king, will be next to you. That is contentment. But when we go against it, Numbers chapter 12 is the kinds of things that we find. Because there, Miriam and Aaron were, and of course all the other Israelites too, were not really very content with Moses' leadership. They thought that he was self-ordained. You know, he was he just wanted power for himself. He didn't he they thought that God also speaks to us. God also wants us to lead the Israelites as well. But they were only doing so because they were not content with what God had put on the table, which was Moses. It's why I've chosen Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 to 14. And he is going to be the one to rule and ultimately lead you guys to the land of Canaan. Those two people did not show contentment. And Miriam, by the way, actually had to go through leprosy for a week, which is obviously a big disgrace because of that lack of 
of contempt. I hope we now understand how this idea works, how God's organization works, and how we have to be content with that. It's almost like a master's house. When a master owns a house and there's a master bedroom along with other bedrooms, he ultimately is the one who provides along with maybe his wife, especially in you know, more modern situations. So he's not going to give the master bedroom to his children. No, he's going to give it to himself and to his wife because they're the people who provided the money and ultimately they're the ones who own the house and raise the kids and have authority over them. It's that same idea. We have to be content with the kinds of things that God organizes for us. And that is where I'm going to stop on discussing the subject, God's call to heaven. To conclude this episode, we are once again going to hear a tune that some of us might enjoy. <laughs> Because the saints are doing the job of raising us in righteousness, instead of envying them, being jealous, saying, oh, why can't we be like them? We should rejoice because ultimately they're the people who are going to make us true children before God. If we read Revelation chapter 19, verse 7, it states, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor unto him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. Thank you for listening. Oh, one more thing. If you like what you heard today, feel free to share a message at https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Once again, that's https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Hope to hear your wonderful feedback.